0: I feel conflicted. I feel conflicted. I don't want to see that. I feel conflicted. I don't need to see that. I don't want. I don't need. I don't want. I don't need
1: to see that. I don't want 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 to see that. Penis, I get notes about More Marcy <laughs> like, He doesn't want to hear me <laughs> I
2: don't
1: need to hear that Marcy is sitting here clutching Miss <laughs> Marcy's
0: clutching her pocketbook like.
1: Well Jenny's a little shifty Maybe I don't know
0: <sighs> I, I think it's
1: the leopard lapels <laughs> I
0: mean, it's, She
1: does have leopard lapels brown, chicka,
0: brown, brown. Season 2 Episode 3 awesome oh my god
1: we don't like to talk right afterwards because we need to save it for the podcast but we had to last night we did i was actually like
0: really happy that you called and i'm
1: always happy when you call oh sorry we had a moment personal personal moments
0: i had this re- this revelation a few minutes ago after you arrived that oh my god we're about to go into doing season two episode three we are halfway through the season. That makes me sad. It's very sad. We'll see what happens, because that also makes me go, oh my god, there's not much time
1: for much more to happen. I know. So. Oh, please do more. Please.
0: So, um... Do you think they will? I don't know. What it, how can we know? do we see the end, really? I know. Now, like,
1: where are they are going to leave it? What if they all end up on Gilligan's Island? What if they all die? <laughs> that would be good Aww. at all. That would be really sad. This actually, <laughs> Jenny's pointing the microphone to me because her husband Tom told, I, "I've been told I don't talk loud enough," which, <laughs> which is so weird because when I was neither a comic, of us, they used to turn the microphone off for me.
0: Well, but I think this is kind of a reparative experience for you, Marcy. I... You feel free to let your freak flag okay. and your vocal cords go. I don't have a freak flag. I wish I did. I think you do. You've just you've just I'm shoved it. <laughs> you freak you, you freaked your flag down. Wow. You, yeah. I thought I would start by asking you uh, what you thought about this. Episode being titled, Valerie's Brought to Her Knees. What do you think that's about? <laughs>
1: Who doesn't <laughs> love a good blowjob episode?
0: Oh my god, how many times did they
1: talk about the blowjob? It was fantastic.
0: It was just the word of this episode. I wonder how many times it was referred to in one way or another in this episode. Hummer. To, I don't think I No, we didn't hear Hummer, but it'd be like, you know, some innuendo or, like, scene 27 or the job or, or, you know, the blowjob's up. Uh, It's so unsexy.
1: (laughs) Well, Jenny, blowjobs are unsexy. Not if you do them right.
2: Samantha I'm the nice receiving.
1: <laughs> uh right. you know, the receiving part is sexy. The giving part's a little Well, you're a nice Jewish girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I don't enjoy it, but... All right, Charlotte
0: Miranda. Look <laughs> at Samantha have... Carey. So, here we are, Season 2, Episode 3. Valerie is brought to her knees. We open on Valerie's trailer and we see the big star. Hello, hello, hello! Hello, hello, hello. Mallory! And it's that clip that we've seen in all uh, all the promos for the episode. So, we kind of recognized it right away. And she brings us into her oasis. And... She explains how it's different than on a sitcom set and that they're filming it like a movie. And Mickey's very concerned there's some very disturbing smell in that, which I'm not quite sure they ever kind of handle throughout the episode.
1: Maybe that's coming up
0: too. Yeah. Yeah, there may be a payoff for that. And she shows off the basket with all the swag in it. Very different than the scene from episode one, or from episode, let me see, where they went to the upfronts. When she didn't get stuck. Right. Uh, where she got the basket, but it just had very little compared to what it seemed like Juna had. Here she seems to really be treated well. Right. We meet the first AD, Shana, who she can't remember her name.
1: <laughs> you know what? I, I, I uh, don't interrupt, but why, Please why, interrupt. why apologize now? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> That's what you're here for. Please interrupt. Me. <laughs> um, Everything about this production seems... It's funny because the other one was a network sitcom and, you know, but everything is just classier on this production. I've already noticed. Maybe because HBO is making and HBO wants to look good. I don't know, but it just seems they have a lot more... But it just seems they have a lot more everything on this show. She did talk about the
0: difference between sitcom production and, and film production like and that HBO is filming this, like, a film. Yeah. So that might have something to do with it. But then we meet Ron, the wine producer, the, in the wheelchair,
1: who is oh my the god, very hair. capable Her face, when she decided she wanted to be good to the handicapped person, like how she first talked to him, hello, aren't you wonderful? It's like Charla. <laughs> when she met Charla from yeah. Amazing Race, yeah. talking down to him. Well, just that thing, yeah. I mean, what, she called him some kind of an impressive guy. She went look what you just doing everything, getting everything done.
0: And we have no idea why he's in
1: a wheelchair. No, and I think we probably never will. Yeah. No, I just think she's being wonderful. Right. She thinks that she's being wonderful is what it is.
0: There are so many incidents in this and we talked about this also in the first couple of episodes where I do see changes in her. Yeah. But yes, she definitely is narcissistic, actress, borderline, you know, tendencies, and very self-centered. But there's a lot of ways, and maybe it's age because she's also this much older, uh, in which she has mellowed out, and where she is a little more humble, and maybe maybe humble isn't the right word because she's always been kind of insecure, but where she seems genuine a little more genuine or sincere do you disagree you're looking at me like you might disagree a little no
1: no i agree i'm just listening to you and i was thinking about shoes (laughs) so in other words you're thinking about therapy oh i i agree with you she but i do think that was a narcissistic moment oh yes
0: absolutely. i do
1: think that was old that was classic valerie you know i i when i um when I tore my Achilles' tendon, and I was in a wheelchair. Well, you know this story. I love this story. Personal. Personal moments. Uh, I won't mention names, but... A uh, prominent rock star. Oh, yes. A, a very famous rock star who is a well-known, shall we say, puss hound. <laughs> <laughs> who joins knew you? the vagina. Who knew me. And my boyfriend at the time was... Uh, it was a New Year's Eve and I was in the wheelchair. My boyfriend was filming this live concert that this rock star was doing. And I, he didn't want to leave me home on New Year's Eve and I was in this wheelchair. So, uh, you know, temporarily. And this rock star had been to our home and everything else. So they parked me right outside his trailer where I had to watch the women go in and out. Maybe it's the blowjob yeah. episode that's bringing up All this the, memory on top of Scene 27 up. after scene 27. <laughs> yes! Exactly. <laughs> Brought me to my knees. Um. <laughs> this episode is entitled, Miss Marcy is Brought to Her Knees. And there was there was press right outside, you know, and everything. And he finally walks out of his trailer, and he sees that there's press outside, and he sees the lady in the wheelchair, and I think he just assumed that I was, I was like his make-a-wish or something. <laughs> I, he was my make-a-wish. And he came over to me, and he knew me, but he didn't even realize it. And he was like, hello, how are you feeling? <laughs> Handicapped woman.
0: <laughs> oh right, and then he wrote that song, "Handicapped Woman." <laughs> he did not. Um, <laughs>
1: although we Wheel should. Wheel on over to me <laughs> and blow me. Get yes. on wheels. <laughs> I wonder if there was a moment when he thought, "This is a this is a good scene." Twenty seven <laughs> position. She's right at peony level. That's right, and uh, she, she can go up level. on me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so okay um back to the comeback that is one of my favorite stories though, so thank you for sharing that valor introduces Shayna to her crew kind of all around and then introduces tyler but doesn't really know and she kind of turns to tyler to jane and it's like jane what is it that tyler does and jane just sort of shakes her head no, like she said he's your nephew. yeah and she's like he's yeah like, in other words, he has no job, other than <laughs> he's your nephew. And he's a really interesting little character, too. I know. Because you see him as sort of a little spoiled Beverly Hills brat in this. Like, he doesn't quite know what's going on. She holds up the call sheet. She's real proud that she's the second person after Seth Rogen. And she's like, you know, the numbers are in order of importance, which I think is hilarious. Because it's not really that either. It, it, if you look at call sheets, it's usually based on who's in it the most. Like, how many. And so, I guess importance in that way. But yeah. But not sort of importance in the universal sense. You know, if you've got Tom Cruise coming in to do a yeah. one-day gig, he's not going to be number one on the call sheet. He might be. Uh, unless it's in his writer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nobody else can ever be number one on ecology for Tom Cruise. I don't know if that's true, I'm just I saying. don't think it would be. I think he doesn't seem like that. You <laughs> kind of got person think
0: it either, but Mickey's certain that he's found the other number two in the bathroom. They all, this is the the first scene we get set up, what scene 27 is, yes? What We forgot about the wig. Oh, this is coming up, yes.
1: This because we talked about the wheelchair guy. Right,
0: yeah, see. you're right. I'm t- I'm still on Shayna, but ah. yeah. Um, because when Shayna is there and we're setting up, oh, we're not going to get to scene 27 today. And we find out that scene 27 is where Mallory blows Mitch. This is the first time Jane's heard about scene 27. She's like... Polly wrote a scene where you blow him and Jane seems very upset about this.
1: We learned a lot about Jane has become very much female rights activist in yeah. this yeah. And
0: very protective of Valerie. Yeah. Throughout this, which I thought was I really sweet. Yeah. In a way that she wasn't as much on the first one. I, most people are good
1: to Valerie,
0: except Polly G. Right. <laughs> well, and and Ron, the line producer in the wheelchair, he doesn't like want so much either. Well, and she's
1: pushing me out. She's yeah. She's. she's, <laughs> she's,
0: she's, she's oh, yeah. I
1: know. There, I had so many of those. Oh, Valerie, what are you doing? Moments. Right.
0: Because. So, and and that's one of them with the hair
1: people. Oh my god, that was ridiculous. So
0: oh my god, because Mickey doesn't work with glue. Okay. <laughs> But then again, it's an example of Valerie taking care of Mickey because she does finally, like you know, lean down to Ron and is like, "I'll pay for Mickey. Like she'll handle it." I wonder why Mickey doesn't handle glue, but okay. And back to the blow job scene and Jane being upset about it, and Valerie's very much like, "Hey, listen, you're an actor. You've got to step outside your comfort zone." And she's like. I once had to play a brunette with migraines.
1: <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, did she play the J- Jenny uh, Wilson?" <laughs> yeah, she
0: played. She played the Miss Jenny story, right? So, yeah, that wig—that wig was seven thousand dollars for a wig that looks exactly like her hair, it's
1: the same color, same style. When she pulled that wig out, I fell out, man. <laughs> no irony to it for her. She's just like, she's like, <laughs> look how different they are. We were just
0: comparing the colour of Miss Marcy's lovely red strawberry locks to (laughs) to Valerie Cherishes. You
1: need cherish your hair. What? I
0: You might need to to cherish your hair. I might have to.
1: For the last three podcasts, I should go
0: uh, less strawberry and more vibrant. At the end of this little scene, we also find out that there are some flowers that Valerie has ordered for Seth Rogen that are being held at the gate and won't get to Seth's trailer until later on, and that's just unacceptable to Valerie. She is told all the PAs are tied up and cannot go and handle it for her. She's going to go down herself. The next scene is Valerie at the studio gate, and I think this is Universal lots. I'm not quite sure, but well,
1: it's where she filmed, you know, her show. Yes, I thought it was, it's so funny where she was talking about what they filmed there, and she said, "And they went where they filmed my show." You know, it wasn't room and board. that she, she never even mentioned that.
0: No, yeah, she didn't even mention it at all until after Mickey brought it up. Because she named all the other things that were on. And that's that's a couple scenes later. Or she's mentioning, yeah, this is where they did Mary Tyler Moore. This is where they did something else. And then Mickey's like, and I'm it, And she's like, yeah, again. In my
1: show. No, but she didn't mention the show. She, they also did room and board there, I think.
0: Did they do remember when I of the same?
1: I it, I think so. Maybe. I, were, I don't know. Maybe not. G, if you were Polly G, would you want to film? Maybe they it? didn't. I don't know, actually. But, but I
0: think that's a good question, because I, I feel like there may have been something, and we may be way off, but in season one where she was, like, we're in the same set where we did yeah. I'm in. Or maybe it's just the same lot. Anyway, so Valerie goes to get the flowers at the gate, and the guys at the gate are pretty rude to her, but they have to kind of be dicks, because they just have to deal with so much. Tyler's driving the cart so there's Tyler is doing stuff and but she's like posing on the back. She's just like looking she's just enjoying being the movie star being toted around in the, in the little golf cart and as she gets there to get the flowers Seth Rogen arrives at the gate. They ask for Seth's ID and she's of course very excited to see him. He of course makes a joke right off the bat like I knew this thing was low budget they got you working the gate too <laughs> He was great. He was so great. His energy is such a lovely addition to the show. I agree. Because he's so grounded in reality, which seems really maybe like a strange thing because he's truly the big movie star in the cast and he is like the most genuine and grounded person out of all of them and kind of makes everybody feel comfortable. Which kind of goes back to the the Tom Cruise thing that you are talking yeah. about, <laughs> like like that he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Like, yeah. Like I heard um I heard a Nerdist podcast with him and he talks about and they, well they all talk about how important it is for that person whoever is the star of the show to set the tone for what's happening. You know, and really kind of it trickles down. And with Seth Rogan or Tom
1: Cruise? Well,
0: Tom Cruise. I mean, Tom Cruise was talking about on that. a Nerdist like, podcast. Really? Yeah. Is a great, there's a great Nerdist podcast with Tom Cruise, yeah. But recognizing sort of the responsibility of that, and, you know, sometimes I think we think of movie stars as being so aloof or unreachable,
1: some of them, and then other ones are. always oh, like, felt Tom Cruise is reachable, but that's, you know, because I like, heard of Make Duty. do You don't know that story? do Is something you want to record? <laughs> Maybe not. Is something you should cut out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think
0: well,
1: I don't, it's okay. Uh, Everybody poops.
0: Jesus, Marcy, you need to defecate.
1: <laughs> Your memoirs are going to be
0: like
3: here's
1: <laughs> of famous people pooping, <laughs> uh, and you're assuming people are going to re- want to read my memoirs. I think if people knew that every <laughs> chapter was like an exploration <laughs> of the history of a woman who was on a lot of TV shows, but you've never heard of her. <laughs> Well, you're an acting coach,
0: and you have an insider. You've got a unique point of view.
1: Personal. Personal moments. Jenny might cut this out, but I heard him Judy. You know, whatever you're comfortable with. You seriously don't know this story? I don't think and I In all years of your friendship, I used to work at this acting school. This was a long time ago, and it's really going to date me, too. And it was a casting place during the day. And I, I worked there to, like, get my classes for free, and I had a little office, and it was... The hallway of it, the bathrooms are like right off the hallway. So the men's room bathroom is right across from my little office, and they were ca- they were screen testing there for um, a movie that was starring Tom Cruise, and we were it was a, a young Tom Cruise, and um, I I was excited. We were all excited. Oh my god, Tom Cruise is going to be here! And I'm working in my office, and and uh, I see him walk down the hall, you know, going, and then like a little bit later, I see him go in the bathroom, and he came back out. And he went back in and then like 10 minutes later, he went in the bathroom again and he came back out. And then like a half an hour later, he came in the bathroom and he went back out. And you could hear, you know, and you could tell he wasn't <laughs> feeling well. Jesus Mallard, <laughs> he had to defecate! And then he just uh, came back in and he goes, there was like a little couch thing in my office, and he goes, can you just look down for a minute and I was like, okay.
0: Oh, <laughs> the poor baby! <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, he did. That's what they- He was a little nervous. He <laughs> <was a> little- <laughs> could have been. Well, you know what? Celebrities, they're just like you. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody poops. Everybody poops.
1: Bring it back.
0: Seth throw- ah, Rogen. He rooms, poops. Dude.
1: He-, <laughs> he looks like he do these. Doesn't he? You know, some people you can imagine and some you can't.
0: That's going to wow. be our next
1: podcast. Who well, poop, poops in Hollywood? I mean, I'm sure there's got he's got to have done a poop
0: scene at some point. I mean, you don't do all those Judd Apatow films and, not, and,
1: and not be either naked or pooping. Oh. I, didn't he poop in the, uh, This is the End? <laughs> didn't he pee in his own mouth? I don't know what I'm thinking. This is the end that
0: the poop comes out of. <laughs> Alright, enough with the poop. My
1: God. I know. Sorry, Mom. Scatological humor today.
0: Uh, Seth is very charming at the gate, bantering with Valerie. She spills the water from the flowers in his lap, and it's really awkward, and he's so respectful, even though he's, like, thrown, he's still so respectful of her. He is. He makes a joke about one of the guys looking like, in on her crew, looking like he could make her breakfast and have that in his trailer, and that just because he's Jewish doesn't mean he doesn't like a good breakfast meat. <laughs> <laughs> he makes a joke about bring bring him a ham. And this t- ties into Tyler because then Seth takes off and she turns to Tyler and is like, go get him a ham. Like, this is going to be hilarious. Tyler probably has never been asked to go to a grocery store. And he didn't and, want to. No, but he's there on his cell phone and he's like, you know, well, how do I know it's going to be enough money? And I don't know the valley. It's the work ethic of that.
1: Oh, these kids today!
0: <laughs> well, she's like, well, he's like, I don't know, I don't know the valley. And she says, you've got that computer in your hand or device in your hand. Maybe that can help no, you. No, she's got a
1: computer. You've got a little computer in your hand.
0: It's ridiculous. You can find anything. We also establish in this scene, besides the ham, we also establish that Seth is giving her a
1: nickname,
0: a little nickname, pet name, and he calls her Ginger Snaps.
1: Which I love. So And
0: she's just so excited about that. She's just like, she's like, oh, look, I got a new nickname. She's all happy. Because it's very affectionate, which is so different than her actual relationship with Polly G. Like, the character Seth is going to play is so completely opposite from who he is. Next scene, we are entering the set. This is where she says, you know, they shot Mary Tyler Moore and Roseanne and then Mickey says, and I'm it. And they're going to do another classic show. And she goes up to Ron in the wheelchair, shows off the wig,
1: and he... See? See how different it is? And it, she looks exactly the same. You can just see he has... Wasn't, oh my god, too, was it was it when Mickey was so excited to see her in the Valerie chair jogging suit? Oh, yes. yeah. I and mean, in the uh, Aunt Sassy.
0: It seems to me like they cut out the bit that's in all the promos of her doing the Al Pacino imitation when they're walking in. Because that... Because w- oh, yeah. that... Maybe it's in another episode. Yeah, maybe it is. She's such a good sport about that damn jogging suit and everything. And she's just happy to be working. And happy to have attention. Amen. Again, there's another reference to, look, we're not going to get to scene 27. The blowjob. Tyler is there with them on set. Tyler hands her the ham and she's like, oh, the ham's heavy. (laughs) She's showing off the set of Polly's office and the... Homer-esque, Homer Simpson-esque drawing on the wall, because as she tells us, and for people who may not have seen season one, Polly G won an Emmy at 25 for writing a Simpsons episode. And she's catching everybody up on her BTS (laughs) behind-the-scenes stuff. Seth enters with Polly G and Seth is making a weed reference, which I picked up on right away. And I didn't. Uh, where he's like, <laughs> I'm only Steve sativas, no indicas. Uh, and they're laughing. And that made me wonder whether or not Polly G and that little vaporizer, if he's smoking cigarettes uh, or if he's smoking weed. And just because you're a heroin addict and not right. drinking alcohol doesn't mean that you wouldn't smoke weed. I mean, people have all different kinds of... Sobriety. Yeah, there's all different levels of sobriety. Who knows? Maybe on an indica, might mellow him out a little bit. She presents, I have
1: no idea what any of that meant, <laughs> and that's okay.
0: Valerie approaches them and hands Seth Rogen the ham, but says, "Seth McFarland." Oh yes. <laughs> oh, Valerie. But he's very again. He's okay. He for a moment he looks like a little bit. That's the only time I really see him look a little bit like what with her, saying, oh, you got me a ham, based on a very offhanded comment I made.
1: You know, I keep, I kept waiting, and I'm glad it didn't happen, but I kept waiting all through the episode for him to turn into Polly G, and not be nice to her, or for, but I really felt like he was genuinely nice. I don't know how the rest of the season will go, you know, because Polly G, you know, is just all up his ass. I mean, he is just worshipping Rogen, So it could happen.
0: It could happen, but Seth genuinely doesn't seem like he's easily swayed by that kind of adoration yet. I think that Polly G continues to be surprised in his own way that Seth isn't reacting, isn't as charmed by Polly G as other people have been. Seth's behavior continues to show that he doesn't feel that Polly G's handling things right, in my opinion, um, so far. Polly looks very confused by the ham gesture. He comes out like a douche, like, I don't understand what's with the ham. What What the fuck are we talking about here? Seth kind of explains it a little bit. Then we meet Ashley very briefly who is playing April. This is where it gets it gets confusing like this throughout the episode, but this is one of those other moments where Valerie says, Oh, you're the April, the Juna character and Polly's like, No, Ashley's playing April, like making it very clear this isn't Juna, this isn't you, this isn't me.
1: And I think they're still make they're probably still a little afraid she's gonna sue them. <laughs> probably
0: and then here then Val gives Polly g a really nice gift he opens it and it's this leather binder and it says director on it and he he seems really uncomfortable because he's being such a dick and she's like they're giving him a gift yeah Yeah.
3: Hey, what do i get here this is a, a giant sausage oh, that would have been good yeah
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so uh, yeah it's for your scripts and things you know not drugs though <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> it's too much.
4: Oh, I don't think so. No, no, oh, such a real big moment, you know, first day directing.
2: Wait, what? It's <coughs> your first day directing anything ever? You've never done like a short or commercial or anything like that. Don't do that. Don't give her that. I'm fucking with you, man. I'm totally yeah. fucking with you yes, right I now. <laughs> oh, man, that was so brutal. I'm so sorry. Oh, God. No, I knew you were a brand new director and somehow an old hack at the same time. <laughs> <you>? <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay.
3: Oh, can I please get a first okay. shot? Good. More. Valerie and the ball-busting movie star on your marks, <laughs> On please. our marks. There we go. Yeah. Yeah,
1: this is where we really see Polly hasn't changed that much. And it's also just a
0: deep, deep expression of his insecurity. Yeah. And then Seth just melts my heart because he sees it. Seth sees that and he's like, don't do that to her, man. And he stops him. He's like, he sees it so clearly. Like, here's this person doing this really nice thing and you are being such a fucking dick. In not so many words. He handles it so diplomatically and I thought that was really... So sweet,
1: yeah, I agree with you.
0: It made me just want to be like, "Yeah, finally somebody!" Because I'm Ruben, bored. Nobody, nobody had the power to kind of stand up to Polly.
1: No, and you know, there's another thing here that's very important, Jenny. You just love those teddy bears. <laughs> You just love those man bears.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, move over Polly G here
1: from South Oregon. <laughs> yeah, Australia. I know. I'm and so that's, that's, that's a little well, bear he, crush. Well, he's a little bit of a Jewy bear. She can say that because she's Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an honorary Jew. I um, mitzvahed her a few years ago.
0: So <laughs> then they go and they set up to shoot this first scene. And she's riding her sides, though, with Mickey first. Who doesn't want to say the F word until he gets her permission.
1: She's like, oh, this is HBO. Oh, and Mickey, the, the bad acting. When they're running signs it, it signs. it was beautiful. Mickey's acting was, oh, well, that was one of my favorite moments. It, acting as calling, too, you know Yeah, you mean, and it—he and it, he was, it's because he was trying. He was trying to actually be good, and, that, and he was so bad. But that's what was so brilliant about it.
0: Valerie is telling them, telling the camera and telling Mickey that writers like their words just so, Polly G, especially on Room and Board, but writers in general and she's not wrong. No, I I give
1: my class that lecture all the time.
0: Yeah, unless you are told it's okay or unless you have achieved a certain level of cachet where they're going to be okay with you.
1: Or if you've duty your Marcy Smollin.
0: Then feel free (laughs) to just smear all over
1: those words. (laughs) Ew. Ew. Ew! Ew! There's a line, and this Jenny just crossed oh. it! Oh! Alright.
0: So, as she's having this moment, then Polly comes over and asks if she, he can have a moment with her without the cameras. Private moment, and Jane, you can hear her. You don't see her, but you hear her say, yeah, like a blowjob. Jane is not happy about this this no. scene, this fantasy scene.
1: or I think even doing this job in general. Look, yeah, I'm getting even more cozy with my purse. Yeah,
0: she looks <laughs> Would you like a teddy bear? I'm I, I need a Seth Rogen to just today. grow up with. Valerie sort of tells Jane to stand down, kind of like, it's okay, it's all, I'll, I'll be okay. And, and I love that moment because, again, it's, Jane is still trying to get the shot and get them. Sort of like that moment where she had that conversation to the side with Jimmy Burrows in the first season, where he pulls her aside and is like, hey, what are you doing? This time, Paula G pulls her aside and is like, you know, look, this is really important to me. Like, we don't already fucking know that, Polly G. I love you, Lance Barber, but you know, right. Polly G is a douche. You do it so well. And she says, like, it's important to me, too. And then he says, okay, so are we cool and let's have a fresh start. And it seems like, okay, maybe it's going to be okay. But then she wants direction. He doesn't know how to deal with her to begin with. I don't know. She taps into something in him, whether it's mom, mother oh. sister, or ex-girl. I don't know what it is. But he does not know how to give direction, and she needs direction. Finally, he's just like, yeah, okay, do it that way.
1: And you know what? A lot of times I do find her, like, annoyingly, not her, I mean, I love the character, but I, you know, the way they, the way she's supposed to be annoyingly, uh, you know, as actressy. But in this case, she really, he wasn't giving her anything.
0: Yeah, and she's, and when an actor asks you specifically for something, even, even if it it seems like ridiculous or overly solicitous. Right, and I didn't find that question ridiculous. No, I haven't, I haven't found anything that she's asked him ridiculous. I understand the respectfulness of it, having been on both sides of it as, as a writer and as a director and all of the different sides, but... It's your actors and you want them to feel confident going out there right. and to sell your stuff. And if you have a vision and they're not clear on it, give it to them, damn it. She thanks him for the talk. And then they're rolling. And Seth is playing freely with the writing. And Val, at one point, like looks right at the camera. She's very confused with what's going on. It's not the dialogue. It the was
1: hinge. It was new. I thought that was like the, the classic moment in the script. And it does lead... When I saw the previous scene for episode four when she's taking an improv class, she doesn't know how to improv. So it, it was, she wasn't even looking around, it was like she froze when he started improvising. It was that look that came over her face like, I have never been in this situation before. What do I do now? I've seen that happen to people. And it was shocking to me that here's someone who's worked in all these, you know, comedy for so long and it's so funny cuz Lisa Kudrow herself is a groundling right. and you know to the and the show is so improvised but uh it was just a great moment when that she had that she just froze she was like a deer in the headlights
0: and it contrasted so clearly with what she had just been saying to Mickey too about writers are this oh, way yeah. about their writing and i think she has and maybe it's also from her past experience not just with Polly but even before that, because we don't know that much about it, where somebody may have at some point really schooled her and said, you you read it exactly like it is on the page, you know," unless told otherwise. Sort of, you know, she may have right. gotten that drilled into her somehow, and so this is the way she is, and this is what being professional is to her. So the idea of improving has got to be terrifying, and then on top of it, her kind of her protective instinct of other people as well, sort of like... Oh Seth, you might be getting yourself in shit too. Like, and ooh, she in. and and Seth's her new BFF. I know she loves him. Well, and he and he is being so kind to her. She should. Yeah, he, he's her new Juno. Really, right? Yeah, he is. You know, the the other person who's around and kind of sees her for who she is and the potential that she has to be a good person, and that her intention isn't to be a shitty person. I don't know if Seth's gone that far yet, <laughs> all right, maybe not, but but it's an, but it's I'm also the, so stoned it's all the it's also the actor camaraderie right yeah, I mean yeah, absolutely, you're working together, yeah, so here it is she kind of she does pull it together and she does get the line out, and even if somebody else is improving as it is, you know on she,
1: the that's what was so funny, she was trying to pick up the scene right, where it would have left off.
0: Right, like where do I come in anyway? It was
1: so funny.
0: The take ends with Seth act, you know, having this moment and breaking the wrong lamp, but everything's okay cuz it's Seth Rogen. Yeah, exactly. And, it's and he's so nice like, about, it. "Oh, I'm so sorry. I, you know. You don't have another one of those." And as everybody's resetting to like probably go again, the script supervisor comes up and is like, "Polly wanted me to tell you.
2: Oh, I I was just yeah. riffing. I kind of I riff a lot. So she
3: kept up, got right back in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no I, do it? your fucking
2: yeah, was awesome. jizzy eye riff. Guys. Oh, I'll <laughs> do my jizzy <laughs> eye riff.
3: <Seriously.
1: laughs> yeah. 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 Oh,
4: yeah. Hi, Zelda, yeah. Uh, so your You switched
1: up. Stay out and keep out. Uh-huh. That's, uh huh. Did I? Yeah. Polly wanted you to know you switched it. Uh, it it's stay out of my room, and and the sign says keep out. Right. That's.
4: Make sure I get the line right. Okay, two words that are interchangeable. Can't wait to see which sets this up. <laughs> oh, I heard you. Yeah.
0: Again, Polly G tells the script supervisor, almost who's almost like the new Gigi, yes. to kind of go in and tell this to Valerie, which keeps her off of her
1: game yeah it's such a nurturing it's uh well yes (laughs) and this is all everything that's happening uh, is exactly what mark was afraid
0: of speaking of mark we next are in their bedroom and she comes in it's 3 a.m mark's asleep, and she's this was to me like such a beautiful little scene where she's like going to take the book away from him and kind of stirs and and she's very soft and sweet and and she's like look I just wanted to thank you for being so supportive and she feels like she did really good during the day that she nailed the monologue and she's like at what point Polly G was
1: nodding like she's looking for any sort of positive feedback she did that you know she did that with him before too I just, I, you like just, they bring out, that they have such a sick relationship.
0: Yeah, it's it actually is very triggering for me on certain levels, but you can really feel the insecurity that she has. Yet she's still feeling okay, like it went all right, and she's telling, she's very vulnerable with Mark in this moment and saying, you know, that it makes her feel better about what she's got to do the next day. And they have a discussion about the blowjob scene, and Mark's like, why is that scene even in the show? You know, just, Paulie G, we don't want to get with you or whatever. She's like, oh yeah, can't you feel the sexual tension? (laughs) Mark asks, in a very civilian way, how do you even film something like that? Another great line, where she says, I haven't filmed a sex scene since I made out with Alan Thicke in that growing pain (laughs)
1: flashback. (laughs) Oh! such a Fantastic reference.
0: <laughs> Don't you want to see that growing pain Oh, I
1: want Alan Thicke. I hope Alan makes an oh, appearance. That would be a great cameo. It would be Alan Thicke. And, and you yes, know, fun. you know he'd do it. What's he doing? Yeah,
0: well, and he's Alan Thicke. And he's Robin Thicke's dad yeah. right now. Then they joke around that maybe Mark could write her a note to Polly, and he's like, yeah, dear Polly. Dear Polly, you think you can write and direct? Why don't you also blow yourself? (laughs)
1: Love Mark.
0: And I thought as I was watching that, that you must love that. That must have been like, you're like, oh, it's my love bug. (laughs) He's so genuinely sweet
1: to her. He he is. I love the relationship. Of course, she
0: has to turn him down when he asks if she wants to practice. (laughs) But she says, there's nothing else I would rather do, but I gotta get to sleep. So the next day, she's in the hair and makeup trailer, and she's got these things on under her eyes. Oh, my God. What are those things? That
1: are they so were like... like those anti-wrinkle eye gel pads. I feel
0: like I've seen them, but I don't really know if they work or I'm anything. sure they don't. All I know about under eyes is the the beauty queen sometimes put Preparation
1: H. More than beauty queens. But Everybody does it. Don't you? <laughs> if I, I did, mean, I, was, I mean, you know. If I did, what I'm asking? <laughs>
0: yeah, my preparation age
1: goes somewhere else. Back to duty talk.
0: <laughs> Back to this is the end. So
1: okay, duty's okay. Hemorrhoids, I repel any. Everybody has their limits.
0: There's another bagging on.
1: My li- My limit is we can talk about what comes out of the tushy, but not what goes in. <laughs>
0: They're in the trailer and Mickey, Mickey is commenting on why is she nervous or why does she need it to be quiet to prepare because, you know, she doesn't have any lines. And again, I'm sort of like, Mickey, first of all, he's been around enough actors and a hair and makeup person is usually a little more sensitive than
1: that. I know. Well, he put it to Mickey. Yeah. He crosses the line.
0: You're right. And she
1: brings up Patty Duke and The Miracle Worker. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Another great reference. Okay, trying to focus
4: on the scene for today.
3: Thought you didn't have any lines. You just had to. Oh, how shall I say this? Do a good job. Okay.
4: (laughs) You know what? Still. Okay. Want to look it over. Find my way through it, you know? No lines is still acting, you know? Patty Duke didn't have any lines. She played blind and... You know, still, she had to concentrate, right?
0: And then there's that very sad moment where she tries to bond with April, who's, or Ashley, who's playing April, who's the Juna character. And she recognizes that she's playing
1: the Juna character,
0: but she wants sort of nothing to do with her. She's all about her cell phone. It's really sad. It's really sad.
1: But also, interestingly, a sign of the times. I thought they really showed that well, because ten years ago... People weren't, you know, in their iPhones all the time. That's right. They just had the little flip phones, and like we talked about, the one, two, yeah. three, yeah, yeah. But but, three. but you know, people looked up more. I mean, it's 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 horrible because I work with people that age, and they never look up. They just never look up. It's awful. You look at I I look over to the class, and they're just all down. They don't interact.
0: Do you ever do a like
1: no cell phone? Yes.
0: Like yeah. Yeah, no,
1: it's been, it was really interesting. One day, this was the most interesting study in human behavior. I collected them all. I said, turn them, you can turn them on and vibrate or turn them off. Put them all in a basket, and then I put them just up on the piano, but in the same room. And any time one vibrated, everybody was like... Everybody her, you Am-. can't
0: see her, but she just moved. <laughs> <her> <laughs> Sorry, mind.
1: yeah, but they were like all staring at the basket. So then I said, at the break, you can all check, and it was like they were... They, they were like, had been in the desert, and this was like a water, and they just were like, ah, and then I collected them again, and then I locked them in the office where you couldn't hear or see them, and then everybody focused on me. Yeah,
0: I, I let kids bring them into sessions, but not, or their iPads, but not every time. There are times when I'm like, okay, not now. There's times for it, and there's not, and it's such a part of their life that, like with what you do, I mean, it's how do you manage that? You need to... Acknowledge that this is a part of their reality, and what's important to them, and how they communicate, and at the same time, you want to encourage them to make eye contact, and to focus, and explore the wider world, as opposed to through the lens of their camera phone, too. That's the other thing, too. They're always, I bet, I bet they focus a lot more when you're letting them film and photograph. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting trying to find new ways to connect that to the way that we interact and use them. Because we're sort of a bridging generation, too. Anyway, so there she was, not really connecting with her. Then we meet the other, the makeup person, who I'm not quite sure his name, but he's got all the beads and he's talking about how chanting changed his life. Yeah, yeah. and the beads are dangling right in her face. (laughs) Right, and she's like, oh, those are pretty. (laughs) <laughs> but I love him. He's like, girl, you've got healthy sweat glands. <laughs> boy, do I relate to that. I am so shiny all the time. So I was like, oh my god, poor girl. But that's a good thing actually for an, for an aging woman. I I yes. embrace my sweat glands now because absolutely it keep, helps me keep keep from being too wrinkled. Then again, here she is, she's invited to set for the blowjob, and the makeup guy tells her to breathe, and she's like, yeah, okay, yeah, you, you breathe, we keep dabbing, sort of thing. She's definitely tense. You can see that she's tense the closer that she gets to this
1: scene 27, the blowjob scene.
0: We're invited to set for the blowjob, and at the top. <sighs> La-
1: I wish I could say that was the first time I've heard that. Really? Do we have another story? <laughs> no, that was a joke.
0: So then we're on set, and it starts with them filming a fantasy sequence with Valerie in her sweatsuit, flanked by oh, two and women. And sassy suit. In the Aunt Sassy suit. That it was
1: so... That Aunt Sassy suit was so poignant in that scene, wasn't
0: it? It... I, I sort of have a very visceral reaction to it, too. It's like, yeah. oh... Oh, I
1: know. It hurt.
0: First thing up, they're doing a fantasy sequence, and she is sandwiched by two women, Monica and Celeste, who are flanking her. And uh, Polly says, okay, so this is the fantasy sequence, and so uh you're going to fade away uh he he describes the scene that's about to happen that you know this is part of his fantasy
3: and he says, you know, that
4: they fade
3: away as you blow me. So nice to be okay. working with other ladies. <laughs> hey, Val. Hi. Hi. Hi, ladies. Hi. 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 Thank you for being here today. Uh, so the first part of this scene is just technical, okay? Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, just like this. Valerie, you're in the middle. You girls flank her on either side. I'm going to shoot this continuously without cutting.
4: That's a, it's a special effect scene where I disappear.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've been waiting for this day for a very long time.
4: Oh, ha, ha! I get it, you.
3: <laughs> In the scene, okay, he's he's imagining you two. Well, she's blowing me so that I can get aroused. You know? Okay. Did he just say
4: me? Got confused. Stop, nothing happened.
0: Tell them, Mickey.
3: Okay, ready to shoot! Nothing happened. Yeah. Nothing sexual. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I loved that because, again, it keeps going back and forth in the right. one is. And in a way, it parallels the first season of The Comeback with the reality show and the TV right. show and, like, what is real life right. and what is performance and
1: performance. I and mean, also, even though he explains. Later, you know, what this scene is about. It is still why is this scene there you know what I mean? It's still why did that even pop into his mind?
0: It's another expression of that aggression that sort of when when in the first season where she comes upon the writers and they at late at night and they're Showing uh, their modeling, her getting fucked in the ass. It's right. like this really violent, aggressive, sexual domination. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. T- Humiliation. And him saying sort of like, you know, he's got to think about these women in order to stay hard while like, the woman in the sweatsuit, in other words, Valerie, is blowing him. Like, I, you know, Valerie, again, is not herself a sexual enough creature to get him off. He's got to think of, he's got to look at these hairless women with fake tits. Jane comes up before they even start filming that and says to Valerie, like, I don't think we should be filming this. I think this is really sleazy and what it represents. She was
1: really concerned.
0: And she's sort of right. It's sort of a Jane is, little... again,
1: the coolest character on the show.
0: She's so cool and protective of her, and she's the voice of so many women outside. Like, why do you have to
1: have... All those tits in Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, and the women the, here were fully shaved. Yeah, completely hairless, like Kim Kardashian in her. Did you see the the frontal nudity part of her? Oh, I didn't see. No, I didn't see. She's got no hair, and she's Armenian. That had to take a long fucking time. Sorry, is that wrong with me? Was that politically incorrect?
0: <laughs> well, no. She's broken the internet. <laughs> <laughs> So they do the shot, and they're just supposed to stay there because it's just again, it's a very technical thing. It's a cinematic effort, you know, something that they need that they will. They're going to fix that in CGI, right? It's all going to be visual effects where she d-
1: they
0: disappears. Fade away. Yeah. Um. Although she's like talking in the middle of it,
1: and he out of the side of her mouth. Uh-huh. Okay,
0: uh-huh. right. Uh-huh. And he's uh-huh. like, you know
1: shut it, or whatever I'm he like, keep it <laughs> <be> quiet, <laughs>
0: Valerie, and, and then he asks the girls to start making these orgasm sounds, and then there's, like, shots all around of the crew watching on Tyler in the background, yeah, is, like, looking for the first time, like, this is the greatest Doesn't job Mickey ever. Doesn't Vicky say to
1: him, this
3: job isn't so boring now, is it totally?
0: Right, he does, absolutely, yeah.
3: No movement. Venture, don't hate this job so much now, do you?
0: And then, then they cut and Seth makes the, makes a joke. And
2: cut! So you guys met my mom and my sister?
3: <laughs>
0: so funny. Always oh, like that every time. And the script supervisor is just hysterical. And you can tell they all needed that. It was just so tense in there. Again, I started thinking about Valerie and her ladies-loving ladies. <laughs> Her ladies loving ladies videos.
1: I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yet the one person who's not titillated and the one person who's
1: concerned is the lesbian in the room. I know. I know. She just, it's exploitative.
0: Yeah. So then they're like, jobs up. <laughs> <laughs> and the prop guy asks, no, if she wants it. the knee pads. And
1: ever the pro, Belle says No. But you're going to be down there a long time. <laughs> and then Mickey turns and he's like, she won't need them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that was about? I was like, do you think he gave her some coaching? Some <laughs> coaching? Because that's how I learned. I mean, not on their actual <sighs> penises, but. You mean by he gave, me, an oh, yeah. he gave he me, me all the tibolas? Absolutely. He showed me on a banana. That happens. I,
0: I've heard. I've heard that from many, from many women that they've gotten their best tips from from gay men. Shh. Well, I was thinking about the scene in last season where he was looking for the knee pads for, to work on his heirloom tomatoes.
1: <laughs> yes, they made just so much more sense now, didn't they? Yeah. Well, they made pretty much sense then too. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it wasn't like Mickey was really pulling one over our eyes. In this scene, it was I was not quite sure where that was coming from with Mickey, but I thought it was very, again, it was kind of protected, sort of like, just listen to her, like nobody's listening to her. Then Polly G says, okay, you know, we're going to do the scene just as we rehearsed. And that was confusing to me because it really didn't seem like they'd rehearsed it. If they'd rehearsed it already, she wouldn't have had the questions that she had, and they would not have had to go through sort of all the blocking issues that come up in this. And this is the last scene, so... Seth says, are you cool with this, to Val? Because he can tell something. She's not quite... Right. ...comfortable. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, but hold on. It has to go to Pauly G and ask him, ask him for direction. You know, how do you want me to play this? And she says,
1: eager, reluctant, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I love that last part. Because... You know, who, who wouldn't be uncomfortable doing that scene? That, it was so awkward.
0: Well, it's like one glimmer of hope. You know, like, just like, please We're tell me I don't have to do it. Please tell me we don't have to do it. She's like, what do you have in mind? And Polly G says, I have in mind that you blow him. <laughs> and Valerie makes the very actory and yet true significant point of you know, what is underneath this? People are asking me, what is this about? And she realizes at this point, too, I think, like, what is this about? Yeah, it
1: is weird.
0: Polly tells a story about, well, remember when you would come in and tell me to change a joke or this isn't funny or, and I would just think, blow me, Valerie, blow me. That was enough for her, though, because she got it then. She's like, okay, so it's like a metaphor. And they start rolling, and Seth says his line, like, come over, and Valerie improvs, quote-unquote improvs, and just turns to the camera and says, like, why don't you
1: just rape me? Oh, and then she had this look on her face like, oh, I was such a good improv. I was ripping. <laughs> I was ripping there, look at me. Like, right after, she had that really proud of herself look.
0: But it was such, like, it was such, like, Here comes some psych talk. In psychology, they talk about what gets repressed, gets expressed. It's like what she's been holding back this whole time. Like, what the fuck is this about? Why do you want, like, why do you want to hurt me? And rape, again, violent and aggressive and humiliating and about domination and about, you know, really asserting themselves like a man or, you know, a man over a man or a man over a woman or whoever the rapist over the target, you know, really brutally expressing something and her saying like, why don't you just rate me to the camera like, basically to Poly G. Like, why do I have to do this? That was what it felt like to me in that moment. Like, she was pressed to the wire at this point. It's like, walk over there, get on your knees and play the scene, but she couldn't even do it. She had to like, you know, why don't you just rate me?
2: Action. Walk over here.
4: Walk been a long day. Why don't you just rape me? Cut! Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I thought I thought it felt a riff coming on, you yeah. know, like the other day, but yeah. no. Right. Yeah. No, Who are you, you talking know. to? Well, I... You know, just the audience. But no, right? Rape's not funny. It's a tough area. So, that, my bad. We, we can go again. So, what was
3: the problem? Have you never given a blowjob? Well,
4: <laughs> okay. Well, just, you know, I'm uh, fine. It's just that this never happened, you know? Just this never ha- Of course, it never happened. It's never happened. <laughs>
3: okay. You hear that, everybody? Well, es- especially Valerie's cameras. Get-, get this very important. This
2: never happened. Okay. She never blew me. I just have one question. Yeah. Did this ever happen (laughs) in real life? (laughs) Okay. Can we please get back to work? No.
0: So, again, Seth is sort of helping break this really uncomfortable tension and as Polly is very condescendingly saying, okay, well, like, you go over there and you go down and then tell Seth, like, and I want your hand on her head and you're pushing her down. Again, very violent and very aggressive. Seth kind of back, and it's like, you know, like, look, I read it. When I read it, I always thought that this is part of your fantasy and that she wanted to do it, and he really, he fucking is such a godsend in the scene.
3: Here is exactly what I'm looking for. Oh,
0: good, yeah,
3: great. Uh, Walk to him, Uh on the couch, drop to your knees. (laughs) Okay, now when you get there, I need to see your head going up and down, right? I need to see your hand, like, going on top of her head
2: you know, like really pushing it down really yeah my hand pushing her head down i mean i'm just like we're we're, we're in your head for this right like this is your fantasy but and you know i thought in my you know when i read it in your fantasy she she wanted to do it like i wasn't forcing her to do it like that's part of the fantasy right right, right. Yeah. right. and and just like you know correct me if i'm wrong the shot is it's like a tight shot of my head like i'm selling it right i mean said the asshole movie star but like that's <laughs> right. what it is right Yeah, right? That, that's yeah. how you're gonna shoot it right yeah, yeah. so like i mean honestly like if we're in your head you know and i'm selling it like i don't even know if you need her to do anything at all like i mean you're gonna cut to me you're cut to the naked girls and then i mean in all honesty though like I don't even want to see me get a blowjob. That's fucking gross. We should all play, you know, on <laughs> no, no, camera, right? No, yeah. it's a great idea, man. Yeah, yeah. it's better no, no. that way. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. Uh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Wish
3: I knew it was gross before I blew you. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great, though. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's yeah, no, do. no, let's do it. Let's do it. Perfect. Okay, so, so okay. then, Val, you just, uh, you just walk over, drop mm-hmm. a low frame, okay, and then just, you know, keep your head out of the shot.
4: Great, yeah. fine. Do
0: nothing. Got it. I can do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: got you ginger snaps.
0: <laughs> he really starts directing it in a way, saying, you know, cut to me, you're gonna cut to me, you're gonna cut to the naked girls. And you can see Val just sort of watching this exchange between Seth and Polly G, and she sort of doesn't really know what's happening. This is new to her. Somebody's standing up. And, and she's Seth like, took care of her. And Seth says, I got you ginger snaps. Oh, I love that moment. And then for the rest of the, of the scene, she's just on her knees, kind of hands on his thighs, just looking at the camera. Blank expression on her face <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. And then a little smile.
1: Yeah, that was the great, at the end, that's that little smile. I was screaming with laughter. That was one of the funniest uh, closing scenes of a TV show I've ever seen. Just,
0: like, on her knees and the, and the hands on the thighs. And it's when, like, she,
1: and when she just turned her head. She uh, was just laying there. And yeah, that little smile. oh
0: Almost like a little kid with her head and yeah. a laugh. Like, thank you, Daddy. <laughs> thank you, Daddy. And the song Crusher.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was what was so amazing. That music, too. I mean, that was just one of the many. This episode was so funny.
0: And it was directed by John Rigi. I love John Rigi. And written by Amy B. Harris. And they did such a good job. I mean, what a great episode Really showed the unsexiness of the whole process. You know, where blowjob is being said, every other line it seems, and it's just very perfunctory and nobody is sexy about it at all. The naked girls and the coldness, it's just, it's all very technical. It's not as sexy as it looks. So what other thoughts and feelings did you have about the episode?
1: Uh, I thought that even though this was another episode where it was sort of setting us up for what was to come, There were so many just classic, amazing moments. I love Seth Rogen in this. You know, I was curious to see how it would go. And I love, I love that he wasn't as big a dick as Polly G. I love that, you know, the opposing thing that he's actually, he's playing the Polly G character, but he's taking care of her. Right. That's so interesting. I love that moment when he said, you know, I got you ginger snaps. I love, I just love all of that. That's the last line of the episode. Yeah, it was great.
0: Yeah. It was,
1: well, I mean, the last real, I mean, because then you hear
0: him sort of doing whatever dialogue it is. Right.
1: During the quote-unquote
0: blowjob, during the quote-unquote scene 27, which I will now forever be referring to blowjobs in scene 27. (laughs) So we were working out scene 27. Seth Rogen was great. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with the rest
1: of this. I'm interested to see if, how influenced he's going to be by Paula i I'm going to be, I'm going to be interested to see, and we've talked about this before, how, well, if Paula G stays sober, and, you know, if his true personality was the guy he is now, or the total douche he was when he was doing it, you know, because we're starting to see dickiness come out, but he does catch himself still with Valerie. He is being nicer to her, but, oh, you just see it rearing its ugly head.
0: And he's being checked, too. Yeah. People are checking him, and he's in a different level now, too. Yeah, exactly. And I still want to see Tom! I know, I keep wondering if Tom will show up. But we only have three episodes left. I know, that's very sad. And if Seeing Red is actually a series, and it's supposed to continue to shoot several episodes, I mean, is it? Is it going to be something that... Is it, is it like a true detective thing where it's just going to be a very short, limited episode arc run and then maybe something
1: totally different or... Uh, no, because I think it's all about... It's called Seeing Red, so... Yeah,
0: but how do you sustain an entire show? Like, let's just say that this was a real series that was going. How do you sustain that dynamic between the two of them... Or multiple seasons
1: without them ever reconciling
0: or do you think maybe that she and Polly G
1: will come to some sort of I don't know we only have three episodes to find out will she leave Mark and end up with Polly G <laughs> she will never leave love ball
0: oh yeah! love ball oh, I said it So, yeah, so next week we see that she's very protective because it seems like they are going to cut out all the scenes that are about her being at home uh, if they don't shoot at her house. So she offers up their house, and Mark does not seem happy about that. We saw that in a little clip because the crew's going to have to move in. It's not the reality crew. I think she means the film crew, right? Yeah. There's that one moment where... Mark is like, when do I get to meet Seth Rogen? And, yeah, and then we get to see Valerie doing improv. I know. I can't wait. This episode was fantastic. I'd like to see more Jane. I really want to see how Jane is going to bust out, like, if, where where Jane's arc is headed. Yeah. Like, is there going to be a competition between Jane and Pauly Jean? I hope so. That would, that would be glorious. Yeah. Because... Jane is a superstar and, and Seth obviously is a real asset. Is is Seth going to at any point be like, yeah, I'm done. I can't do this or he doesn't seem to be disturbed by anything. I mean, he's so easygoing. I don't I don't see it being set up like that, but are we gonna see Mallory again at Mallory? Um Right, we haven't seen anything with that. Right.
1: Now, there's a lot left to do. I can't believe there's only three episodes left, and I'm sad about that. And we didn't get any Dan Blutinski in this episode. We didn't. Dan, where were you? Yes, yeah, so. And also, um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> well, I think we've said it all. I think we have.
0: And there will be other chances to say more. See you next week. See you next week. on Contact to the
1: comeback. Contact. To come back.
0: Ugh. I feel conflicted. I feel conflicted. I, I don't want to see I'm that. I feel conflicted. I don't, I don't need, need to see it. that. I don't want. I don't need see to. See. I don't want. I don't need to see that. I don't
1: I don't wanna see that! I don't wanna see that! I don't wanna
2: see that!
1: Dance of penis. I don't wanna see that!